0: Something truly remarkable has come to the fore, just as we're having big cargo meetings around the world. Airbus and SAS signed an MOU for hybrid and electric aircraft ecosystems and infrastructure requirements research. They're developing an airplane, an MOU they have with Grazia Vitatini, Chief Technology Officer, Airbus, and Goran Janssen, Deputy President, EVP, Strategy and Adventures at SAS for a collaboration that begins in June 2019 and will continue till the end of 2020. Under the MOU, Airbus and SAS will cooperate on a joint research project to enhance understanding of the operational infrastructure opportunities and challenges involved with the large scale introduction of hybrid and full electric aircraft to airlines, the modus operandi. The airplanes are coming. They're working on it. Now they're going to figure out how to handle it. Project scope includes five work packages, which focus on analyzing the impact of ground infrastructure and charging on range, resources, time, and availability at the airports. The collaboration also includes a plan to involve a renewable energy supplier to ensure genuine zero CO2 emissions operations are assessed. Quote. This multidisciplinary approach, from energy to infrastructure, aims to address the entire aircraft operations ecosystem in order to better support the aviation industry's transition to sustainable energy, the partners told Flying Talkers. Aircraft are roughly 80% more fuel efficient than passenger kilometers than they were 50 years ago. However, with air traffic growth estimated to more than double over the next 20 years, reducing aviation's impact on the environment remains the aim of the industry, they said. Well, these people are not neutral on going neutral. To overcome these challenges, ATAG, the global aviation industry, including Airbus and SAS Scandinavian Airlines, have committed to achieving carbon-neutral growth for the aviation industry as a whole from 2020 onwards, cutting aviation net emissions by 50% by 2050, 50 by 50 as compared to 2005. All we can say is more power to SAS and Airbus as we begin a special report today looking at various impact of fuel and the future of sustainable aviation. This is Jeffrey Arend. Hi, Jeffrey Arendt here at Flying Talkers. From the 1st of January next year, 2020, new international maritime organization regulations will put a 0.5% cap on sulfur content in marine fuels globally down from a maximum of 3.5% now. So with oil prices rising, the exact cost of new fuels is not yet known for certain, but with low sulfur fuels significantly more expensive, well guess what, container line shipping executives have called on supply chain partners to share the burden of rising fuel costs, which they describe as an economic hit. Some analysts have suggested if carriers fail to pass on the full cost to customers, then a further round of liner consolidation or bankruptcies even could result. The new regulation could also see more slow steaming and use of transshipment strategies as carriers seek to mitigate the expected higher operating cost. Quote, the logic is that as ships' sailing speed is reduced and round voyages are extended, carriers will drop ports from rotations to ensure that transit times at key points Remain competitive, said shipping analyst Drury. Quote, fewer direct port calls will induce greater need for transshipment and feeder operations, Drury went on to say. Flying Talkers podcast is made possible by ATC, One World, One Global Air Cargo General Service and Sales Agent, GSSA. ATC is your key to the air cargo market, both local and internationally. ATC is the best air cargo team in the business. So when it comes to rising rates and uh, more challenges in the market, none of what we're talking about here actually improves service reliability performance that liner customers should expect. Or positively, contrary to many predictions, container lines have at least indicated that availability of low sulfur fuels in leading ports was unlikely to be a major problem. The IMO has set up a reporting system for operators unable to source fuel at smaller ports. Well, that's all paperwork and bookwork and background information. Forwarders are now negotiating a variety of methods to share the cost of low sulfur bunker fuels once container lines start introducing them later in 2019. But they'd still like more transparent charger, charging structures from carriers, not the least in the implementation of the Bunker Adjustment Factor BAF, charges that lines usually use to pass on fuel costs to customers. Dominic Van Orielli, head of Global Ocean Freight at DHL Global Forwarding, welcomed the emissions reduction efforts of the IMO, which fit in with DHL's own extensive emissions cutting program. He said that although the exact cost increases due to IMO 2020 were not yet known and were very difficult to estimate, a significant hike was expected. We expect ocean carriers to begin charging additional fees after approximately the third quarter of 2019 when the new fuels are introduced on container ships, he told flying talkers. There's no industry standard for passing on costs, but we promise our customers to be very transparent. We will also publish our own Danmar BAF, which will simplify calculation for the customer regardless of ocean carrier use. However, while he believes the market will get used to BAFs being separated from freight rates and therefore subject to change, he warned lines not to try and charge for low sulfur fuels. So while DHL is warning lines not to try and charge for low sulfur fuel until their price level is transparent, they also said, Mr. Van said, quote, acceptance of floating BAFs is increasingly significant and will become the standard for everyone, he said. BAF based on the new low sulfur regulation can only be charged by the carrier and will only be paid by the customers when the regulation comes into force or when carriers start to bunker low sulfur fuel. As things stand today, DHL said, the BAF cannot be based on low sulfur costs. We don't accept this, and neither do our customers. Pena's concerns rest on the lack of uniform global policing of regulations and provisions through the IMO, given that each individual signatory nation is responsible for determining its own enforcement policies, and these vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Jorg Thwachman, Panalpina's global head of ocean freight, FCL, said the forwarder would pass on costs to customers as fairly as possible. Quote, "We've been developing a transparent and competitive pricing mechanism to cut the best deal for our customers," Panalpina said. "We now have a globally competitive bunker mechanism that will increase visibility for customers and ease the transition toward new fuel types." to comply with the sulfur limit, end quote. Klaus Leisdahl, vice president of operations at iContainers told Flying Typers that customers had been surprisingly unconcerned or unaware of the looming shipping pricing increase. I think it's a case where the larger clients we have generally stay pretty well informed so they have an idea of what is happening where many of the others that are not shipping that often it's not really that big a concern for them, he said. I containers will pass on extra costs to customers as they are presented by carriers. Quote, the thing is that the carriers have different approaches to how each of them implements the increase. They need to cover the additional cost, he said. So the most important thing we can do at this point is pass through the charges the way we receive them. Maybe there'll be a point later on when things become a little more uniform. He said the carriers were still jockeying for position about how to charge the customers, and there could be a shift to more use of the spot market as a result. Quote, in terms of cargo from Asia, there's a real chance it will become even more of a spot market based for the U.S. as well as for Europe, he said. It's generally only the top tier importers that can potentially obtain competitive price from Asia. We're advising our clients that increases are on the horizon. For us, the increases end up being a pass-through. Our thanks to Mike King for this excellent report. This is Jeffrey Aaron. Thanks for listening. Election time, climate time, show time, climate time. It's all happening in the EU. The first week of June. Back on May 26, Denmark and other EU countries voted on national candidates to represent each country in the EU Parliament. Each elected national candidates in turn affiliate with one of the political groups of the EU Parliament, determined by each national party's political conviction. So Denmark has 13 candidates, 14 once the UK finally leaves the EU, and the EU's 751 parliament members handle and vote on highly important EU issues, representing the interests of citizens, and as such, they get involved in the EU budget and many other issues, such as the EU climate policy. So this year, 2019, climate change has been high on many EU countries' priority list. In Denmark, as in many other Nordic and EU countries, 56% of the Danish citizens say that climate was the most important issue, and numerous demonstrations in Denmark and many other EU countries have confirmed climate change as a key issue to be tackled by EU and national politicians in coming years. Climate change is expected to be a key issue also in national elections taking place in Denmark this week on June 5th. This development has brought the many questions of how we best react to climate change, both nationally as well as internationally, as people expect the change to affect our societies and our daily life, and day-to-day going about. And rightly so, as the transition from a fossil-based energy source to sustainable, renewable, and bio-based energy sources shall be one, if not the one, of the biggest human challenges we have ever been confronted with. The change requires such a profound shift in behavior and our economy, as well as the use of the renewable resources available. Many countries proclaim they shall be CO2 neutral by 2030 or 2050. Put a slammer after that. Being CO2 neutral means that each country shall have no CO2 GHG emissions. Another slammer. That means no more energy from fossil fuels, if you can believe that. And no more fossil fuels means that the world's oil production shall come to an end, spell that capital E-N-D, and be replaced by sustainable renewable energy sources. And the word capital E-N-D of fossil fuel means that the world's oil industry shall cease its existence. So most people would say that's not possible. Well, that could be correct, at least for some time to come, and yet there's no way around it if we wish to save the planet and ourselves, which is the opinion of more and more people around the world these days. I mean it's true, there shall be new technologies that can capture our CO2 CHG emissions from fossil fuels at an affordable cost, but so far no such a technology is available on any kind of an economical basis. In addition to the EU Parliament election for 2019, the position of President of the European Commission comes up for election and the function, as well as his or hers views and convictions for the global climate shall be a decisive factor. As young Greta Thunberg says to politicians, You're not going to like what I say, but I say it anyhow, because it's my generation that shall be condemned. You politicians don't act now. Well, that's our interpretation, but I think we've got what Greta's saying fairly well down. Let's talk about the EU climate and aviation, since that's the business we're in right now. Now you have the setup, four minutes of the setup. What about what we're doing? And you could ask the question, what does the EU Parliament, Climate, and the President of the EU Commission have to do with aviation? And the answer, of course, is that aviation is an integrated part of the excessive CO2 CHG emission that the world is generating and confronted with right now. As we have expressed in our earlier articles in Flying Typers, that will be available soon on Flying Talkers, the CO2 CHG emissions from aviation is influencing the increasing global warming as aircraft emission from fossil fuel increases the ppm's particles per million in the atmosphere that in turn has created global warming the eu aggressively pursuing a climate policy that shall meet the european targets for reducing co2 chg emission in line with the Paris Agreement and consequently implement the criteria that shall curb CO2 emissions and replace polluting energy sources such as fossil fuel with sustainable renewable energy sources such as alternative fuels from various types of biomass, waste and other residues that meet the CO2 reduction criteria. As a result of the EU's present and future guidelines, mandates and directives Aviation's emissions from flights to and from within the EU shall have to be operated in accordance with these criteria. But let's focus right now for a moment on the Nordic countries, because over the years the Nordic countries are step by step coming to terms with the stricter, more demanding emission reduction requirements, as well as the guidelines for use and blend in of sustainable fuels, SAF. These EU and national criterias have stimulated various actions by local airlines, airports, and others to initiate various projects to be able to meet the new guidelines. Scandinavian Airlines, SAS, have initiated cooperation with Prim, a major Swedish oil company and producer, to develop and supply SAS with SAF blend in fuels by, 19, by 2030. Excuse me, Furthermore, SAS has entered into an agreement with Airbus to develop a 50-seater hybrid electric airplane, ASAP, as soon as possible, with the aim to operate inter-Nordic flights with this new and sustainable airplane. In the same spirit to find means and ways to reduce CO2CHG emissions, the Copenhagen Airport's Kastrup has agreed with SAS the Danish Aviation Association and local authorities to implement various new initiatives that shall over time result in CPH Airport becoming a carbon-neutral airport by 2050. So it's showtime. It's election time. But every day of our lives, increasingly, it's climate time. And in the Nordic countries, where a great deal of the... uh, Biofuel flights are taking place right now. SAS is on the map alongside of uh, United Airlines in America that have the vast majority of any kind of an effort toward more sustainable aviation fuels. This is an issue that's not going to go away, should be at the top of the agenda wherever and whenever we meet. And we thank the great, truly great Robert Arendahl for putting together this uh, report. We have a series of reports that Bob has done. One of the more sustainable people in our business, I should say, one-time leader of CargoLux, one of the drivers, the guys that brought Tiapa back in the 1970s, brought them back uh, from extinction to become an organization again. He's worked with the Coal Chain Association. He was in the development and formation of that particular organization. And right now he's out front working on sustainable fuels and thinking about the future. Great futurist, Robert Arendahl. we thank him for his input, and we bring it along to share it with you. So until next time, this is Jeffrey Aaron saying thank you for your time this time, and keep them flying. Air Cargo. Goodbye.